Charlie's Angels get down like that. A three-eyed fish and the Walking Dead rule television this week on 302010. Welcome to 302010, ladies and gentlemen, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you back 30, 20, 10 years ago, back in time to celebrate the greatest anniversaries of movies, television, TV. I know those are the same thing. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants here. Video games, music, and so very, very, very much more. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Goodman, and I'm actually a gorilla with a fishbowl on my head. Oh, hey, pretty. It's me, Sarah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I got to say right off the bat, thank you to our executive producers and executive pu- producer J.D. Holen uh, at, over at patreon.com slash laser time, where five bucks can support all the laser time shows, get you a bunch of freebies. We're going to have a, a double stack 302010 games edition, and man, it's going to get crazy because holy crap, Super Nintendo's almost coming out in Japan. Uh, your Mega Mans, your Castlevanias, it's nuts. Um, we also have a new stick of Star Wars coming out soon. And uh, yeah, uh, Sonia, our friend Sonia from uh, Live from the Pool House is hopefully joining me to talk a little more about Stephen King because we wrapped the Stephen King two-parter, the best and worst of Stephen King for laser time. That is it for my plugs. Let's talk about October 30th through November 5th. That is the window in time we will be discussing in 1990, 2000, and 2010. Uh, all the cool stuff that came out during that period, and I love that there is one thing in here that I can just get uh, all those young people who still think they're young to feel very old at the end of this show. <laughs> uh, the hottest new show on the planet is 10 years old. I love it when that happens. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, even though I don't like it. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, welcome to 1990. This is where we, be, where we begin. It is Halloween, officially. Uh, even though you might be all... No, this should sync up with your most of your celebrations. Uh, yeah. October 30th. Yeah, remember we could celebrate? It was fun back then. Holy look, holy mm. lord. Diana, do you have any Halloween plans? Uh, no. No? Oh, no, no wait. Uh, on Halloween Day, I'm going to be working at early voting. Okay. So I'm going to be at my polling place all day. Oh. I, have, I have not a thing to wear. It's scary <laughs> enough, man. Yeah. I mean, I recommend a hazmat suit. Uh, and a bulletproof vest. I don't know, like cat ears or something to go with the mat. I don't know. Maybe I, it feels weird to be out all day Halloween seeing other people and not be wearing something festive. But mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. I got it, Diana. I, I I got this. Do you have a like a, a thick white blanket? Yeah. We will roll you up in it. Red belt, and you can go as the. <laughs> You can go as the Bill on Capitol Hill from, <laughs> from yes. Schoolhouse Rocks. As you, as you help people That's commit true. to their uh, constitutional right of democracy. Is that, I don't know if someone's going to call me on electioneering within 100 feet. True. <laughs> like, I thought... you're, you're advocating for laws. That's illegal. It's... Our new Supreme That's biased. Court thinks that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the conservative opinion on uh, democracy has become very strange lately. Y'all cheated! Mm-hmm. There's less of you. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, well, well, let's talk about the movies of 1990, because this is one I have never heard of, and it sounds oh. very special. Oh, my goodness. So I watched Frankenstein Unbound Did for you? us, because Ooh. I found out the other night, my husband's never seen Heat, and he never saw The Godfather before I showed it to him, but he has Frankenstein Unbound on DVD. <laughs> 
Who is this Matt? Uh, I remember one time when he was doing our Oscar episode, he had to come out like, I actually didn't watch any movies until I got with Diana. I have been cheating this whole time. She's yeah. watched everything since then with you, but before that, he's a blank slate of nothing but video is. games. It's pretty amazing. Mm. So this movie is uh, hard to describe. It is the first movie Roger Corman made in 20 years. It directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, you know, the last one for 30 years. B-movie schlockmaster film mm-hmm. mini film school Roger Corman and he hasn't made one since this is yeah. it's been 30 years now since he started a film and it is about John Hurt who is a scientist from 2031 who accidentally goes back in time to 1817 him and his internet ready supercar and finds out that Frankenstein is real I, I need this I need this so bad <laughs> please tell me Jason Patrick's plays Frankenstein's monster Oh, I caught myself. No, he plays uh, Percy Bysshe Shelley. No, sorry, he plays Lord Byron. Michael Hutchins from In Excess plays Percy Bysshe Shelley. (laughs) So they're going back to what, the writing of Frankenstein? Yeah, no, but Frankenstein is real, and Raul Julia is Victor Frankenstein, and he has created a creature. And there is a trial going on, which is from the original book, that there's a trial because his little brother gets killed, and it was actually the creature that did it, and, like, the nanny gets blamed. And Mary Shelley played by Bridget Fonda is like just she just writes the court case apparently into a book hmm. so it's both real but also the book is real yeah also did I mention supercar supercar with the internet that's that <laughs> still works through time I did, did he pay, yeah. that option must have cost extra <laughs> yeah well it, it's fun that it's like I can't connect to the satellite there are no satellites but it does have like Wikipedia on board like it kind of got the internet sort of right in this oh, car okay. like it has Wikipedia and it's like do you want a PDF of the book Frankenstein I can print it out for you I downloaded the offline Encarta I know I know all <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean it's not especially a good movie there are some really funny over-the-top parts where Frankenstein's monster kills people pretty horribly i mean he just rips people in half yeah well julie is not quite gomezing it yet we got that next year damn it i wanted to i wanted to please i've i didn't know it but i always wanted to see ral julia declare that he is god and he (laughs) he has the perfect opportunity playing frankenstein in this movie i know so it's it's interesting i mean i can't say that it's I guess it's good bad. To- overall, I would call it good bad. Yeah, like fifty uh, percent of the stuff, not, like hilariously bad. It's mm. just sort of very strange. Mm. I do like strange though. But again, we talked about that on Laser Time. Fifty percent of the worst of Stephen King movies, I had a fantastic time with. The other ones were boring, and boring mm. is is worse than egregiously bad. Yes. Um, so I, yeah, yeah. I, I, this sounds too interesting to be fucking boring. And I love Frankenstein in general. Yeah, so as, as I mean, there's been so many fucking takes of Frankenstein, so mm-hmm. I, I gotta give Frankenstein Unbound that. It's like, well, this is, I never thought there would be time traveling from the future and super lasers and an internet-ready car. <laughs> okay! Sure. You got me. I am excited. Um, tune in for tomorrow. That is not a call to action. That is a the movie that is out this week with Barbara Hershey, Keanu Reeves, and uh, Peter Falk out this week. Tune in tomorrow. This is a odd one i guess it's based on a book that was more popular outside of the u.s Mm -hmm. um because it's about like a radio soap opera um that like needs saving at this little station and peter falk comes in and he starts like writing about the people at the station like keanu reeves who's got a crush on barbara hershey and wackiness ensues huh I don't know. It's one of these words like reviews are really split where a lot of people found it charming and a lot of people were just like, eh. 
I, I, it's something, uh, man. I can't. I didn't get to it. Sorry. I mean, to be nostalgic for a radio soap opera, that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was a very long time ago. Um, I guess 30 years is a long time, too, and here we are reflecting on movies like Graffiti Bridge with Mavis Staples, mm-hmm. Tevin Campbell, George Clinton, Jerome, uh, Jerome Benton, Morris Day, Ingrid Chavez, and Prince? Prince. It is Prince. Uh, the Purple King. I have never seen this. Um, I only recently saw Purple Rain, so I'm going to assume it's hilarious. The story only Prince could tell. Don't do it, man. I want my money, but this joint is mine. Music only Prince could play. Prince, Morris Day, Jerome Benton, Mavis Staples, Devin Campbell, Ingrid Chavez. Now what time is it? (laughs) Graffiti Bridge. Rated PG-13. Start. <laughs> yeah. Written and directed by Prince. Of course. Amazing. Yeah. It was originally, sounds like it was supposed to be more of a Morris Day and a Time movie. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into a pseudo sequel to Purple Rain. Mm. Where they're basically the same characters again. But now instead of like Morris Day being like a small time hood, now he's like a big time gangster. And they're going to take Prince's club away. Except Prince's plays the kid. And um yeah, overall movie, not good. Album, fucking great. Yeah. But yeah, again, we got, you know, a tie-in album that's got some stuff that didn't make it to the movie. And like right. uh, Prince did, you know, like 40 songs and only some of them can make it. And yeah, album really good. Movie oh, yeah. is just sort of He's <sighs> so unbelievably like when he died we found out how unbelievably prolific he was mm-hmm. with yes. his writing like um i just listened to the how did this get made of his other movie the one under about the cherry moon under the cherry moon thank you i was that's the one that's like really bad yeah this one i've only heard is like it's kind of only for mega fans mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of astounding to think about what is in the archives right now. But, and I mean, who knows? Cause he yeah. is so unbelievably like what I remember hearing after he died, like people who went into his estate were like, Oh, uh, there are like thousands of songs in here that like, mm-hmm. and apparently he had his whole like, compound wired for sound so that any room he went in he could just be like la, 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 la. that's a song and it would just be recorded and <laughs> yeah uh, graffiti bridges yeah it could have been fun if if it was just a morris day in a time movie morris day is a lot of fun i like him and uh for the the biggest show in town number one at the box office matt craven danny aiello elizabeth pena and tim robbins in jacob's ladder let me look at your hand. You have a very strange line. See, according to this, you're already dead. Something's wrong, Jake. They're coming after me. I don't know who they are or what they are, but they're going to get me, and I'm scared, Jake. I've seen them, too. Maybe the demons are real. I can get rid of the demons. Who are you? I can block the ladder. I am Jacob. This is my ladder. And I, also, uh, <laughs> a ton of other, oh my God, folks that just pop up for half a second. Kyle yeah. Gass, half a second. Lewis Black, barely recognizable. <laughs> Jason Alexander, Eric LaZelle, Ving Rames, Macaulay Culkin, uncredited. What? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. This is one of those, like, every guy who shows up, you're like, oh shit, is that guy? And, uh, Weird. 
I had a messed up week. Uh, go vote, everyone, um, and just make sure you do that. And I was looking at my list and like, seen it, seen it, seen it. Okay, seen Jacob's Ladder. And then I went back to it again today, and it's like, yeah, I saw Jacob's Ladder because we rented it for my fifth grade birthday party. I don't remember any of this <laughs> stuff from the description. Why did I? Why did I leave this off during Halloween when I could have enjoyed myself with it? Uh, and and because it's it's got prestige. People love this movie. Oh yeah. No, this this is a solid this is a solid Halloween recommend for mm-hmm. me. Not not that it's necessarily scary, but incredibly influential. Mm. Which let me get into that in a second. But also, it's fun that it's written by Bruce Joel Rubin, who wrote Ghost. Oh, He's yeah. having a great year, <laughs> and this is like. The scary version, like the dark, scary version. Yes, he's having a very spooky year. Yeah. So, so Tim Robbins plays a Vietnam vet who starts getting haunted by these things. He just keeps seeing things that are just not quite right. Like, does that lady have horns? Does that guy have a tail? Like, he starts having these visions of these demon things, and it just gets scarier and scarier and scarier. Well, that's also intercut with, like, this horrible event that happened while he was in Vietnam where like his whole platoon got attacked and everyone's freaking out and he gets stabbed and it's really freaking tense and if you don't believe me on that it is cited as a major major influence on Silent Hill yeah the Silent Hill video game series there is a sequence in a spooky spooky hospital that's like as I'm watching it I'm like Hey, I don't play video games, but this does sort of feel familiar. How it's just like it's it's you know a spooky hospital that's like it's it's kind of a rundown VA hospital, and then it just starts getting worse and worse. Like they just start pushing its gurney along, and all of a sudden it's like there's trash on the ground, there's people screaming, are those body parts? Oh my god! Jesus. Like it is really good. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. It had a, had a, I love that it had a great schoolyard reputation i remember Mm -hmm. being a little too immature for it but also being like Mm. it was horrifying to to witness and then 30 years later you get it confused for serpent in the rainbow Uh, definite good halloween movie that it's i mean it's i guess is it a thriller is it a horror movie yeah i I don't know it's kind of a bit of both it's kind of giving me flatliners vibes a little bit (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good that's a good comparison which we Uh, had the same conversation like is flatliners a thriller is it a horror movie like what is it and kind of walks the line between both very atmospheric yeah yeah Yeah. oh this the atmosphere on this and there's so much of like what is happening like Mm -hmm. he's just minding his own business and and someone runs up and yells look out and then a car starts trying to run him over like what's with the car who was that guy (laughs) what the crap is happening and it's got uh a semi twist ending and it pulls it off really well it's not a little kid playing with a snow globe Damn it, you read the spoilers. It, <laughs> it's not Borat dropping yeah. a coffee mug. Sorry. No. Oh, that was one of the best payoffs I've seen in a long fucking really time. Good. It was really good. Borat's subsequent movie film. So, yeah, Jacob's Ladder. That's totally like my, my horror recommend for this week. That's awesome. awesome. Diana with a horror it's recommend. Pretty much just sort of has a cult reputation, but you watch it and you're like, oh, yeah, this influenced so much shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, what What is it about? Did you watch this movie just for work? Would you watch this again? Because you don't usually do the spooks. Yeah, I usually don't do the spookies. Um. Mm-hmm. No, I watch this for work just because I know it has a, a really strong reputation of like, you know, a horror film for the connoisseurs mm-hmm. one of those is like it wasn't like a huge money maker you know but it has a great reputation okay so, okay yep so even though i am a giant chicken i watched it for you and i'm glad i did <laughs> and i should have 
Jacob's Ladder. All right, Diana's horror recommend. Uh, TV. Hey. Hmm. TV of uh, 1990, October t- October 30th through November uh, 5th. I remember this as the first episode. I love The Simpsons so much, but it took me about 20 episodes before I'm like, I got to tape every one of these. I don't know if I'm <laughs> ever going to see them again because I-, I was just... A confused little boy. They reran the Christmas special so many times. I just assumed I'd see more Simpsons. And I, for about two, three years, I taped The Simpsons uh, and watched the new episode every day. And this is the first time I did that. I did that with any show ever. First, first time, yeah, I ever taped, started taping a show was Two Cars in Every Garage, Three Eyes on Every Fish. The episode where C. Montgomery Burns runs for governor uh, against his uh, Democratic favorite, Mary Bailey. Uh, Homer must decide whether he votes for his boss or sides with his wife on the on the woman they've always voted for <laughs> uh, and then possibly get fired. Um, it's famous for Blinky the Three-Eyed Fish. I think for, oh, yeah, for a little while that was almost like a an icon of The Simpsons. I know you can buy mm-hmm. a, a bunch of them at Universal Studios. Uh, yes, okay. I feel like I was like, man, I feel like I've seen merch of this thing. Like, There's one in my house. So, yeah, it is everywhere. Okay. There's one in my mm-hmm. house. Yeah, the, the, the story begins with Bart catching a three-eyed fish, which blows up in the news that the nuclear plant has uh, poisoned the water and mutated the animals. And Mr. Burns decides to run for governor, so he, had, he won't get regulated. So we have a billionaire businessman running for office. Um, and it, I, don't, I don't know how funny that that is because he, he does lose in the end with a little help from dear Blinky, um, and, and it features an appearance from Charles Darwin that is so derpy even for early Simpsons. It makes it, <laughs> it looks like it was drawn by a different studio, but uh, I love Burns has a crack squad of uh, political operatives, and this is this is this this is them rattling it off. Their job to turn this Mr. Burns into this. Why are my teeth showing like that? Because you're smiling. Ah, excellent. Hey, this is exactly the kind of trickery I'm paying you for. But but how do we turn your average Joe six-pack against Mary Bailey? With this team of investigators, your muckraker, how do you your do? character assassin, nice to meet you. your mudslinger, ah. your garbologist. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, I'm just wondering, the, yeah, like, the question of the week. Who do you think the Trump administration's garbologist is? Ooh, tag yourself. <laughs> I know you listen, Bannon, and that describes you very well. Mm. Garbologist still makes me giggle. And then out this uh, out the, on the fourth is uh, eighty three hours till dawn, the TV movie starring Peter Strauss and Robert Urich. Yeah, I could not find a good promo for it, but I grabbed. The, I just wanted to mention it because. This is another one of those based on a true story TV oh. movies that when I read the description, I was like, well, obviously this is dramatized a lot, but actually it wasn't. So it's the story of the kidnapping of this woman named Barbara Mackle in the 60s. She was home from college and like the daughter of some very wealthy people. And while she was at home in Florida, she got kidnapped. A man broke into their house, came into their house, kidnapped her, and buried her in a fiberglass box with, like, air holes and, like, water laced with sedatives and some food and asked for a ransom from her family and said they have 83 hours to until she dies, basically. Wow. Until, like, her oxygen runs or we, like, cut off her oxygen. And so, and the ransom they asked for was 
$500,000, which <laughs> really doesn't seem like a lot, yeah. but a lot okay. Of, a lot of people who would have made that over 30 years, they're now spending in prison. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So it was um, a wild, a wild story. And eventually she did get rescued. Um, they were able to dig her out of the ground and everything. And she was Damn. unharmed, but dehydrated. But she had spent more than three days underground at that point. Wow. Oh my god! When I got to the fiberless box part, I was like, "This isn't real." And then when I looked it up, I was like, "This is a hundred percent real." Wow, that's wild. That is, that is so elaborate. Oh <laughs> yeah, just in time for Halloween. A true story about being buried alive. Take that, Ryan Reynolds. We don't need your movie. Um, you, you don't have a closet. You can't throw her in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. You don't even need air holes. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. maybe he wasn't a very strong or brave man. Uh, I don't want to get hurt by the nice lady. But he was he's really into intricate riddles and traps. <laughs> yes. And video games from this period, there it's difficult to pinpoint. And again, we go way, way more in depth on this on patreon.com slash laser time with the boys from Video Game Apocalypse and Chris Baker on a roll with us. Uh, but I just I'm just cherry picking things from this period that I can find and putting them in here. Uh, such as super glove ball arch rivals. Sesame, and then the biggest show in town, Sesame Street, Big Bird's Hide and Speak, which I only mentioned just because years ago, I it was very rare to have a character speak in a game. The technology wasn't really there. And when they spoke, they couldn't say much. And even then, you could rarely recognize a voice actor behind it. But not this. Hi. I, <laughs> I captured this a long time ago for a different podcast. And you can absolutely tell it's the real Big Bird in this video game. <laughs> And my favorite part is that, like, it's Sesame Street, and it's so positive, so they can't, like, the amount of ways they avoid saying, you lose! Oh. Bad! <laughs> Wrong! And it just light scold from Big Bird. That's so nice. I have it. Fine, Bert. That's Grover. <laughs> just like... redirection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish it, all life was like that. <laughs> I'd say he sounds disappointed in that clip, but it's probably just the compression. Uh, or your own projection. Or my projection. <laughs> Big Bird was one of the first characters I thought I was in love with. This is Aww. true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I love that guy. Uh, follow that bird. I watch it once a year. Music of 1990, uh, October 30th through November 5th. We got new releases uh, down to earth. By Moni Love, uh, if there was a way by Dwight Yoakam, Interiors by Rosanna Ca- Roseanne Cash, Roseanne Cash, yeah, uh, A Taste yeah. of Chocolate by Big Daddy Kane, Too Dark Park by Skinny Puppy, Don't Explain by Robert Palmer, This Christmas by Patti LaBelle, Vision Thing by the Sisters of Mercy, and Love is Strange by Kenny Rogers. Now, Good before l- you say what's number one, Whoa. if you have not Googled Patti LaBelle, This Christmas, Backup Singers. You have to stop and do that right now okay. because it is my favorite Christmas. I, first of all, it's a great Christmas song, oh, yeah. but it, there is a video of Patti LaBelle singing the song this Christmas at, I mean, it looks like it's on PBS. It's like Christmas in DC and her background singers don't show up and the cue cards with the lyrics are wrong. Like they're not holding them up and she just it. vamps and sings what she's thinking. <laughs> so great that sounds amazing it is I love it. so good it's just her talking about like i don't know what the lyrics are <laughs> but we'll spend this time together this christmas <laughs> all right i'm adding that to my yeah. video playlist that i make us all watch every time i have two glasses of wine i googled it and i uh, my sh- 
favorite. Shout out to L.com with the great headline, Patty LaBelle flipping out during this Christmas is all that's getting me through. And <laughs> <laughs> Word. Word. But the more important thing is we have a history-making moment right here. Mm-hmm. 30 years ago this week, we have the very first rap song to make it to number one on the Billboard charts. Ugh. But it, uh, you know, it takes a certain kind of person. Yeah, this this happens all the time, though. And I, if, it, if they're still charting things the same, it is it is Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice, something I owned on cassette and and CD. Um, I know. I it. referenced that song today. I said the lyrics in a conversation of a mixed generation group of people. And the blank looks on the youngins' faces was—it's not it's really not, stuck me in the heart. It's not they your didn't fault. Stop, collaborate, or listen. <laughs> no. Everyone, everyone my age, and I—I'm from Florida. If you say a one a, everyone in the room has to yell Beachfront Avenue. That's—that's <laughs> that's how it works. Because Ice Ice Baby was fucking everywhere. It was huge, yep. and I think it was the same case with Eminem. Like white rapper comes along and just like trounces any every other rap record and it is yeah. absolutely Rude. racist and it's weird and uh and during the eminem period they started playing a shit on rock stations i'm like this is absolutely racist what are you doing <laughs> and i don't like this song <laughs> uh the, the only thing the way he qualifies to be here is, is he's white uh that's ridiculous anyway but uh vanilla ice well, now he's a house flipper so <laughs> vanilla ice is he really yeah, there's a show about it. Does he really? Who does? Yeah. Ah. He seems to be pretty good at dealing with like light fixtures and building stuff. I mean, which, I love like, it. I, I mean, I, even back then, like, yeah, this guy's a punchline. He's always been a punchline because he's so over the top. But I didn't realize he's like 19. Of course he's an idiot. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I, I think he's actually like, he has relatively few scandals behind him. Somebody as big as him should have been a much bigger piece of shit than I'm mm. expecting Vanilla Ice to have a shitload of dirt on his heels. But uh, I have, I don't know of anything off the top of my head. Huh. He, he's just he's yeah. just corny. That's it. Yeah. He's a guy there fieri. There are worse things. Yeah. Yeah. There are worse things. Um. And anyway, we will close out with a little Ice Ice Baby. Uh, to all you Queen fans and uh, Rob Van Winkle's oh, words, so it's, it's not the same. Oh. It's not the same. Oh, it's so disappointing every time that happens to me. <laughs> hear that bass line and I go, hmm? Oh. oh. Well, I don't know why you're so confused because obviously under pressure is like dun, 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 dun. But Ice Ice Baby is... So I mean, like, I mean, we all can hear the difference. Yeah. So I don't know why anyone's confused. Yeah. So we will we will go out with this, you know, not, not terribly embarrassing moment, but not a super proud one for anyone it's either. Fun. It's all right. fun. It's, it's taken me thirty years to come around to realizing at least it's fun. Yeah. No, it's, it's fun. It just the it, next. The next thing we'll talk about in 2000 music will wash away all these sins. It was so meteoric and overplayed and then attached to something so culturally significant, it became toxic to people. And maybe that's not right or fair, but like I was there, I saw it happen, and I'm trying to wash the stink of Ice Ice Baby out of my brain, but it's still hard. Um, (laughs) Let's see if you can do it, and we'll close out with that. But when we see you again... I promise a much better song and the year 2000.
my side of the story, we was divided. She had fish fries and cookouts, but my child birthday, I ain't invited. Despite it, I show her the utmost respect when I fall through. All you do is defend that lady when I call you. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a trillion times. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Much better outcast. Thank you. Thank you, Andre and Big Boy. From Stankonia, Miss Jackson, bringing us into the year 2000 to wash that ice ice baby out of your brain. That's Ooh, right. we are for real. Mm. Then- <laughs> right. who, who else has had the meme version ruin this song for them? Uh, I am for no. eels. Yeah. I am for eels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it just enhances it for me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to well, he's several fish and not a guy. Has <laughs> <laughs> Sarah seen this? I think we need to blow her mind after in the middle of this segment. Ooh, uh, but other new releases out this week. Is Stankoni out this week? Yep. Heck yeah. Um, uh, new releases. Uh, we have Come For Your Parents by Amen. We have uh, Tomorrow Sounds Today by Dwight Yoakam making a 10-year coast-to-coast appearance. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, no Name Face with uh, uh, the debut of Lifehouse. The hanging by a moment, people. Anyway, yes. Uh, haunted, haunted by Poe. Poe. I haven't thought about Poe okay. in a long time. That mm. is a huge album for me. Haunted by Poe is fantastic. Like start to finish. The big single from it was "Hey Pretty," which probably would be the one that a lot of people, most people, heard. But also, the other big single was "Not a Virgin." I think, or that was the one that I heard the most in other places but it is like it was definitely one of the first this was like released right around the time that i started getting my own music taste instead of just listening to what my parents listened to which is kind of late for me honestly because i'm like 15 at this point but um, oh. <laughs> yeah i know i was oh, i was super lame still am <laughs> um but, but this is like the first kind of like almost it's not really a concept album but it comes close to it because there's a lot of spoken word parts of it so like in the album there are uh her father was a director named tad daniel lewski and he like left all he had died but he left all these audio recordings speaking to her and to her brother and so they're like sampled throughout the entire album so it's like kind of a through line and it's like really super like atmosphere i have second time saying atmospheric and just like kind of spooky sounding but like in a very like i don't know it's very beautiful but yeah i just this whole album i just absolutely love so much mm. and i just wish more people talked about it <laughs> yeah well it's halloween time something called haunted by a band called poe right that's a slam dunk i'll go listen to it all right uh, also okay, out this bye. talk to you later <laughs> also out this week freak show by twisted the Dynasty, uh, colon, Rock La, Fan- La, F- La Familia by Jay-Z, and U2's All That You Can't Leave Behind, and, of course, Outkast, Stankonia, which are both Rolling Stone's top 500 album list of all time. I mean, yeah. All That You Can't Leave Behind was everywhere, too. Like, yeah. so super mainstreamed. Yeah. Well, it's it's they're coming back to more of a traditional U2 sound after pop, which was a lot more electronic and a lot more divisive, and now they're coming back to working with their old producers and it's more classic U2 that we want to hear like Elevation or Walk On or mm-hmm. Beautiful Day mm-hmm. yeah stuck in a so, moment stuck in a moment it's like yeah this is this is back into that classic sound that it was literally what, everything I, what people want that is exactly what I thought and was going to say about it yes like a discotheque was that was that album mm-hmm. like 
it was like heavily sponsored by Kmart pop off of yeah, it was the Pop Mart tour. The Pop yeah. Mart tour. It was. It, it was a really fun tour. Okay, Davy Jones came out and sang. Oh, so shit. shut up. Wow. Well, only because I was in L.A. But yeah, they would do a sing along of Daydream Believer for no apparent reason in the middle of Aww. the show. <laughs> Sometime after they came out of a disco ball sh- that's shaped like a lemon. This is the second well, time I've talked to the, <laughs> talked about this in one week. What is with these podcasts and you you two fans lately? Oh my god. <laughs> if yeah. I mean, I just have to say that Beautiful Day is still really good. I mean, it's if you a fucking great song, yeah, man, it'll turn we're going out your with day it. around a hundred percent. Just put it on, wind your windows down, just let. Just, Bono I, I find it so strange your body. that that U two has <laughs> has a style that I've never seen anybody else rip off except them. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like how did that's you? Fair. How did you come back There's and folks just folks that try? Coldplay yeah, I... tries hard. Okay, yeah, yeah, that they makes sense. Really hard to be you mm-hmm. too. But then I feel like Coldplay is like morphed into its own thing now. That's getting mm-hmm. ripped yeah. off. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> and uh, exception. Come on, come on over, baby. All I want is you by Christina Aguilera's number one. Uh, we got also, a little. Sangonia mm. is also oh, sorry, amazing. Yes, I mean, we can't just oh, like wax poetic poetic about you two and then ignore Stankonia. It's the... I know this. This is the first. Uh, yeah, this is the first Outcast album I heard, and I think Bob was the first song that I heard off of it. And it was that a real tough so call whether low. I wanted to go with that one or Miss Jackson. But I love Miss Jackson too much. It's so, so good. This is definitely the first like hip hop album that I owned. I would say. Oh. Yeah. 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 I was really like coming into my own during this time period. <laughs> no equipment yeah. This yeah, this mm. this is right. Actually, I'm gonna say now it's more like into next year where it's like if if it weren't for Napster, I wouldn't have heard stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I mean growing up in the South, like Outcast was fucking everywhere. Oh like, yeah. It was it was everywhere and from like it was unifying and it was coming from everybody and mm-hmm. I didn't even know, like, oh, this isn't a worldwide smash yet. Like, no, it's like literally regional. Uh, the South's love of Outcast, because like, yeah, we were like, we were on that tip from the beginning. I think this is their second to last album, if you include that weird Idlewild soundtrack. But hmm. <laughs> well, wondering... and then they had, didn't they have like that double album yes. where they kind of only did their own thing? They didn't talk to one yeah. another. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was this? Oh God, I'm gonna sound like such a <laughs> idiot, but is this like the first Atlanta? hip-hop people to go mainstream well no i guess luda luda yeah i mean um yeah i don't know i don't know because like i like yeah i don't know before the the first one that i like recognized yeah Hmm. no i I couldn't i couldn't i could not say but it it, it did seem very like not just east coast west coast but like that the genre did not exist anywhere in between Mm -hmm. and it, it did seem like that for a while Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And this one, if it weren't for Napster, I never would have thought like, oh, I'm going to go buy that rap album because that's never been some I've never been that into hip hop. But mm-hmm. because I heard like random songs by just trading a billion MP3s with friends, Dude, I ended up here in Stanconia and being like, shit, I love this. Oh, and- I forgot. So Fresh So Clean is on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. So you, know, you know how many women your age lost their virginity in a car to that song? <laughs> <laughs> What? Uh, I told you, I was in an outcast early. 2000, a little bit of news to bring you into the world. First crew, uh, the first crew enters the International Space Station on November 2nd, making uh, October 30th, 2000, uh, the last day of, the last day space was unoccupied. Really? Oh my gosh. There has been someone in the space station, going to the space station, or coming from the space station every single day since October 30th, 2000. <gasps> That's crazy. 
That's so wild. We're always down at least one man on this planet. <laughs> Usually it's more like three to five. Yeah. I just saw a news story like, uh, hey, I just voted and like, the president is not going to accept this. There's no way you're, that postmark is going to make it. <laughs> That's yeah, I know. They can vote in space, but they can't vote in black neighborhoods. Anyway, weird. Weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. International Space Station. It's fucking cool. It's, e- it. it's easier to get your ballot in on, on the space station than it was in Houston. Well, uh, in yeah. space, nobody can hear you say, go Biden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and on the in 2000, let's, we've got movies to talk about now. Movies and Oh boy, are they movies. Um, I'm not going to insult wow. them yet. Mercy Streets with Eric Roberts, David A.R. White, uh, Cynthia Watros, and Stacey Keach. I thought we this... were past Eric Roberts. Movies that starred Eric Roberts and didn't premiere on HBO, but here we are. Um, well, we have one, but it's because it's a Christian movie funded uh... by a religious group. But it's interesting because like, that's something that I think is more heading towards like 2010. We see a lot more like mainstreamy looking Christian movies. Right. In 2000, we have one that's like, it's a crime drama about like, you know, someone uh, having to Abortion. do this deal and then they don't want to. And at the end, it has like a Christian message. And a lot of critics were like, I mean, it's preachy as hell. Duh. But mm. wow, it's actually like decently made. It doesn't look like it was made by a middle school. <laughs> It's like, interesting. Okay. This is a kind of a, a tease of what's come to come in this country <laughs> with the the massive, you know, pure flicks and the, the whole like Christian media making billions of dollars all the damn time. This, uh, and it, this type of movie makes me and all that. conflicted about our, our show. Cause it's, I feel like there's, there's a service to be done in revisiting movies like this that I've just written off for some of the same cultural reasons I've written off ice, ice baby. Came along around a weird, weird time, represents something I thought was a, a silly trend, mm-hmm. and now I don't feel that way. But I, yeah, I would never watch Jack. I, would, I didn't mean to phrase it like that. I would never watch Jack Lemon in. Uh, also, Bruce Le- Bruce McGill, Charlie Theron, Matt Dem- Matt Damon, and uh, Will S- Walsmath, and the Legend of Bagger Vance. He was a hero who lost his way until a stranger. Bagger Vance, the name. You lost your swing. We got to go find it. Gave him a second chance. Will Smith, Matt Damon, Charlize Theron. Have you come on out the shadows, Juna? Was there something you wished to discuss? From Academy Award winning director Robert Redford, The Legend of Bagger Vance. Robert Redford. Ooh la la. (laughs) So, hey, guess what, guys? It's been 30 years since we had a number one rap song. It's been 20 years since. The phrase magical negro was coined mm. <laughs> oh is this the movie that coined that phrase it had already been happening yes. well yeah what popularized it was spike lee talking specifically about legend of bagger vance uh, and green mile uh, as uh, movies that have yes. magical negroes in them mm. and that's his term man not mine um <laughs> But I understand why he uses that particular word. I can't even Nino. tell you what the Chris Rock parody of this was. It was fantastic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that I cannot say. Yeah. No, the <laughs> Yeah, because it's an old timey paternalistic look at black people. Yep. They're not real characters. They exist to help white people feel better about themselves. Right. They don't have their own lives. They just walk off into the distance. And even in a time where you're talking about representation and you're like, uh, this isn't a very well represented movie, it's like, well, we got a black guy in it. Like yeah, because he's magic. 
Everyone else here is normal. This the black the one black guy in your movie has to be magic to be in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah. the conversation about representation mm-hmm. is like really important because it's not just you have to put diverse people in your like you know a diverse group of actors like in a a thing you have to also make them real people mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. i don't think representation really counts if it's like non act you know not a real life portrayal of someone yeah. yeah well i mean does it count if he's an avatar of krishna what because this is based on the bhagavad gita Oh, yes. Do we think that mainstream audiences who are going to watch that really were like, wow, <laughs> you know, this really remind me of the Bahamut Gita. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a, the, it, it's a version of the Hindu text about, you know, a, a warrior doesn't want to fight. And then Krishna appears as Bhagavan and, you know, puts him back on his path and fixes all his shit. Except this time it's a black guy who's a caddy because, oh, that poor World War One vet, he's not good at golf anymore yeah uh, i relate to all of this <laughs> <laughs> very relatable uh, i okay i don't get golf fine and i know there's people who really love golf and it's like a way of life for them okay fine and the movie looks really pretty and robert redford knows how to direct pretty fine but i think spike lee's point was like no one mentions that this character isn't allowed to walk in the front fucking door mm-hmm of this country club he's not allowed to go play by himself he apparently he knows how to fix everyone's putt or whatever but he's not allowed to play they're fucking lynching people it's 1930s georgia for fuck's sake yeah do we and think he's that... just happy to help the white folks yeah do we think that they're paying him a golf pro salary mm, no. i'm gonna go with nah i don't think they're no. paying him regular caddy salary no no, I bet they're not. No. Ah, uh, so that just all of that annoys me, and it's like even if I could just be like, okay, okay, just take the movie on its own terms, get over it. I'm just not a golf person. Me neither. And then on top of that, this is Jack Lemmon's final film, and that makes me. Oh, mad. I, I am so not a. This is such a stupid thing to bring up, but I'm so not a, go, a golf person. I was ter- like surprised and terrified to open up my mailbox and like, what is this heavy shit? And it was like 50 golf balls, and I was like, did. 30, 20, 10 listener playing a joke? Do they know we're talking about Bagger Vance? What's happening here? And then my mom told me she ordered Dad's Christmas. Sorry, I just, I've handled more golf balls today than I have in my entire life. That's so funny. Uh, so, sorry. Bad anecdote. Uh, Bagger Vance, not a great movie. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I feel like maybe if you're a golf person, it probably speaks to you more, but. You just you can't get past this the thing, man. Mm-hmm. Just can't. Get I didn't. Past. I didn't remember it being a bomb because it has such a distinctive name mm-hmm. that I've never forgotten exactly who's in it and what it's about. But yeah, huge bomb. Well, like Will Smith's first, like mm-hmm. big it's misfire. The perfect name for a punchline too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, could yes. not pick a better name for a punchline, honestly. And I know why it failed. No Will Smith no. song. No Will Smith song. No one doing mm. the bagger bands dance. Ha 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 ha. And like, <laughs> uh, moving on <laughs> to a Stevie Wonder hit. Um, uh, Char- Char- oh, sorry. I should have, I should have kept this because boy, I just watched all of back to the future in a row. And there's one actor in there. Who's not Tom Wilson? Who doesn't get enough credit? Mm-hmm. I love him in this movie. Tim Curry, Crispin Glover—that's the guy. Kelly Lynch, Sam Rockwell, Bill Murray, Lucy Liu, 
Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, number one at the box office, Charlie's Angels. The number one movie in America is Charlie's Angels. Joel Siegel says Charlie's Angels is heaven sent. It's James Bond meets Austin Powers with a little Matrix thrown in. Charlie's Angels made it PG-15, now playing. Mm. That so is I actually have... extremely accurate. <laughs> yes, that is very accurate. Joel Siegel tended to get everything wrong, so good for him. Um, I had to throw that in there because every other ad is there's just music. There's no dialogue. It's just a bunch of fight scenes and ogling hot chicks. So mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> so I'd never seen this before. Neither had I. Oh, you guys just watched it? Yes. Yeah. I never liked it and I've seen it like 50 times. Um, huh. But I, I, in hindsight and rewatching it, like I don't hate it at all anymore. And I kind of really like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it is a lot of fun, mm-hmm. which is what it needs to be. If it were like super gritty and serious, I'd be like, oh, come on. It's extremely fun and very silly. It plays like a series of music videos because it's McG directed. Yes, 100%. Uh, it spends more time ogling its star's bodies than maybe anything except 300. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Thank you, I have Diaz. to give it I have to give it some credit and I feel like this is the first time we're really feeling the the influence of the Matrix. Yes. Because it oh. it's got some real good wire foo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and when was the last time uh, uh had we had a lot of action vehicles with ladies at this point ever? I I think no, I, I, not a lot. I don't hate Charlie's Angels. I think I just hate like 70s nostalgia more than anything. Mm-hmm. But like in terms of what this represents and like it is clearly not unlike a best in show, everyone looks like they're having a fucking blast. And like Crispin Glover is doing fantastic sword fighting sequences. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Apparently, is... Crispin Glover, like he actually had dialogue. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, that's right. Like so much what he was doing without dialogue, they just let him do whatever. <laughs> there is one person who's not having fun, though. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's not having fun. Mm-hmm. He got into some sort of like a fist fight practically with Lucy Liu over something. I, I actually yeah, did, did the research on this. That's why Bernie Mac's. Uh, Bosley in the second film from yeah. from what I, I, this is mainly Bill Murray's side because I don't think Lucy Liu has like spoken about it but she he said she was having a giant hissy fit and like he's like dude we gotta go we gotta film stop doing this and then he said something to the effect of like you're not even a, they're big enough stars to have a fit like this you are not you shouldn't oh, even be here no no and, no 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 sir yeah Mm-mm. well I don't know yikes someone freaking out and holding up like Dozens of people in production is. I've never been in that situation, but it'd be pretty fucking irritating. I don't know that mm. he would say that to Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. I think probably. I think I would. I would guess because he knew who Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore. Lucy Liu is like fairly new to the zeitgeist. She's like a, mm. totally. She's huge on Ally McBeal. I know. I know. Yeah. But like, but she's like three years old, where the other ones have been around for a decade or so. Yeah. Also, Drew Barrymore is the producer. Yes. Which is a smart move for her. She made mm-hmm. so much extra money on this. Right. Oh my it. god! Well, got this it. thing was a juggernaut. I mean, yeah. so yeah, I watched it this weekend. It should probably be called Male Gaze, the movie, Thank but it just love that under it, love that underoos booty swirl scene. Thank you. Thank oh you very much, Lord. Drew. That thing, I look. <laughs> I've spoken about this before. There is no love lost between me and Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she feels about me, but I'm not a fan. Gonna cancel her um, patronage. <laughs> but yeah, that whole booty 
her dancing, it's just so bad. It's just so cringy and like <laughs> so obviously like for only one type of viewer. Except mm. so I actually have because I read a lot of stuff and subscribe to Out Magazine and da da da. Charlie's Angels is actually kind of a big root in lesbian canon. Really? Huh. Yes. Huh. And I I seen it pop up here and there, but um I wouldn't call it necessarily part of the canon, but it's definite I've definitely heard a lot of women in the LBGT community describe this Charlie's Angels as like their root. Their Duh. awakening moment. <laughs> Because yeah. the camera is spending so much time on these gorgeous women who are also like strong and capable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which I'm like, damn, I totally get that. Okay. Okay. But yes, I mean, I, this thing is like eating a thousand pop rocks at once. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, That's sugary a- and explosive. And then, yeah, what, I was thinking that it's like, like three things of cotton candy where it's like, <laughs> this is so much fun. I, <laughs> Starting to regret this. I have a stomach ache can now. feel my teeth dissolving. Oh, uh, but it was kind of worth it. I, ah. I think maybe another reason for that, like uh, Dave managed to like get a whole Laser Time episode about it because we were doing something about this world, songs you hear all the time but don't realize originated on soundtracks. My favorite being a Red Hot Chili Pepper song that appeared in the movie Coneheads and all the actors are in the video. And <laughs> But the Destiny's Child song, Independent oh. Woman, you hear it all the time mm-hmm. and, and maybe sometimes they cut it out or fade it out but like mm-hmm. Charlie's Angels is spoken in the song and you hear it yep. you might hear it every day if you're listening to the radio and Char- yeah, yeah. I, and like she says like Cameron Lucy Lou yes. and Drew yes. like in the song too it's pretty amazing it's I mean, there it's forever it's just like usually when you when you watermark something like that mm-hmm. it expires mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. that independent woman has lived far beyond uh yeah yeah. I, I was going, I was like going through the soundtrack to see, oh, is there like a good mm-hmm. song off the soundtrack? Cause there's like a dr- a jillion, drillion songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them with Angel in the title that are on the soundtrack. Cause it just is nonstop songs. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like, oh yeah, Independent Woman, oh, the Destiny's Child song is good. And I said, oh, it's going to be number one for like a couple of weeks, like pretty yeah. much to the end of the year. Wow. It's <laughs> so huge. Like, oh, I, that's a huge fucking song. You can't escape Charlie, it. how your angels get down like that. I do have to say though, I have very, I had a very good time seeing Charlie's Angels last year, the mm-hmm. new one that came out with Kristen yeah. Scott, Tr- Kristen Stewart, and Naomi Scott and Ella Belinsky. I thought it was fun as hell. Also, could be a new route for women of the <laughs> LBGT community because I was secretly taking pictures of Kristen Stewart <laughs> as. It- <laughs> As I was watching the movie, sending it to my stylist, like, can we do this to my hair? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was a confusing time for me. I, I meant to, <laughs> Let's I, just put it that way. I meant to see that. Again, I, I resent the uh, license. I feel like you, yeah. those movies should be made all the time. Just I don't fucking care about Charlie's Angels. To me, it's this pathetic boomer nostalgia. Uh, but like this Charlie's Angels we're talking about in 2000 is a fucking cartoon. Mm-hmm. I, you said they remind you of lesbian empowerment. To me, they remind me of the goddamn chipmunks. Uh, <laughs> that's oh the gosh, vibe I yes. get. So, like when I saw that trailer for the new movie, I'm like, okay, take this really seriously. That could be interesting too. And it, you know, clearly Case Two is having fun, but like, no, they're taking it a little more seriously. This could. Oh be. yes. And I, I meant to check it out because apparently that movie did like kind of shit the bed. It did. 
did, mm. and I don't know. I honestly don't know why. I really I, I said it. why because they there is no Charlie's Angels nostalgia. If you would have yeah, called it Elizabeth Banks Angels, it would have done better. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what people are going to expect either. They're going to expect the '70s stupidity. They're yeah. going to expect expect the 2000s stupidity. Mm-hmm. Or question mark. Yeah. yeah, I guess the new one definitely felt like this sort of thing where maybe this movie was written and then they retrofitted it to make it a Charlie's Angels movie. Typically. I would not be surprised if that was that. I do have to say, though, that the 2000 Charlie's Angels movie is the reason that I had to fucking pose in a Charlie's Angels pose in basically every picture I took at every school dance I went to. So that's wow. fun. That, <laughs> Thanks that, a lot I, for that. I mean, boys have been doing that for years. Is that where you pinpointed? Yeah. Wow, cool. Wait, boys have been posing like the Charlie's Angels girl? Well, I mean, just like pretending to hold a gun up shoulder to shoulder kind of shit. What what am I thinking of with the Charlie's Angels pose? I guess with the the legs fanning out, we don't, not a lot of boys do that, but it's fine. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You fan those legs. Mm -hmm. Do you? Uh, Okay, I'll move (laughs) on. Uh, 2000 TV, October 30th through November 5th. Man, if you loved the nostalgia for Charlie's Angels, you kids are going to love Jacqueline Kennedy, Bouvier, Onassis, the TV movie, st- TV movie starring Joanne Whaley, Tom Skerritt, and Tim Matheson. I I remember wanting to avoid this so badly, and it was definitely on in my house. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. only the 700,000th thing about Jackie Kennedy that we've all seen. Like, ugh, come on. She looks- I'm sure I just she's a know- nice lady. Whatever. I, I, I just have to ask does Tim Matheson play JFK? And how bad is his accent? Ooh, <laughs> good questions. Yeah, I should have looked into that. Uh, also, a brand new show this week with uh, Charles Rocket, Orson Bean, uh, Jolie Fisher, and John Goodman comes out. It's Normal Ohio debuting on the 1st of November. John Goodman is a normal guy with one little twist. If it isn't my gay homosexual son. <laughs> Normal Ohio premieres Wednesday, November. Wait, is that, is he, god damn it, is he. Wait, I'm sorry, do you have questions after that promo? Is he, is he <laughs> threes companying things? Is John Goodman. No. He's a, John Goodman is gay and moving in with his gay dad? No, it's just, isn't it hilarious that John Goodman is gay? Oh, okay. I thought they were doing something like, <laughs> I don't know, like mildly worth writing about. Like, yeah, have John Goodman play a gay guy. Very atypical gay guy. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the. Quote, That's it. Joke and mm-hmm. quote. Yeah. Take that, Brian Post and Steve Ag. John Goodman did it first. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes. exactly. But there's there still weren't a lot of shows with gay characters on them, right? Especially well, not lead characters. Mm-hmm. Especially so. not bears. So I mean, bear <laughs> bear representation is huge, right. and uh, I'm here for it. But I just that <laughs> promo is just so. I can't. I don't know. It's it's a lot. Is that we are family yeah. in there? Um, yeah. And then, well, uh, well, it only made it thirteen episodes, so oh, good try. Sorry, normal to me. Uh, on the second, Gilmore Girls has uh, yes. Cinnamon's Wake. What's Look, this about? I'm not going to turn this into a Gilmore Girls podcast, but I'm not going to not talk about Gilmore Girls either because I love it so much, and I think a lot of people out there love it. But yes, this is a really sweet episode, Cinnamon's Wake. So the people who live next door to our titular Gilmore girls are Babette and Maury. Babette is played by Sally Struthers and Maury is played by Ted, Ru- Ted Rudy. And is two of my favorite side characters because Babette is 
well, Sally Struthers and Ted Moody, or excuse me, Maury, played by Ted Rooney, Rooney. is this like super tall, thin, beatnik jazz guy. And it's such a fun like juxtaposition of their like personalities. And we really get to know them because their cat Cinnamon dies. And so the whole town comes and does a wake for them because they have like a ton of cats. And it's a super, super sweet episode. And it's also the episode where we get to see Lorelai, the mom's first love interest, Max Medina, Max Medina, mm. who is Rory's teacher. Oh. But the clip mm. I play, I pulled for this, is just for my own satisfaction because it is something that I think about once a week. It's a line reading by Melissa McCarthy as Suki, where she is trying to be very serious, and I think about it all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Life is a funny, funny thing, huh? Yeah, I love that Jim Carrey. What? Jim Carrey. He's just, just funny. He is funny. But that, I don't mean funny, funny. I'm being philosophical. Oh, very serious face, John. Uh, I can't talk to you with that face. <laughs> That's you it. Guys get it. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone says, I'm, I'm serious, I always think, very serious, John Paul Sartre. <laughs> I just like that she's like, she, she thought... You know, life is funny as a way, like, now I get to say what I think is funny. Welcome to Amy Sherman Palladino's writing. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. I saw an article about her today, actually. I meant to go read. Uh, SNL this week on the 4th, uh, we have Charlie Theron host, hosting with musical guest Paul Simon, the first musical guest ever in the Five Timers Club. Ooh. And I... I have to imagine Sarah found this specifically for me. It's the premiere of yes. Will Ferrell's Robert Goulet impression. I think you're the reason why I know about Will, Will Ferrell's Goulet impression. It has brought me so much joy over the years. It does a couple of great things that can help you uh, in your podcasting career and bad impressions when you don't want to really try or work very hard at them. I'm not saying Will Ferrell doesn't. I'm saying I, me. Um, commit, no matter how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And then if people get confused, shout the name of whatever your character is. <laughs> Make sure you do that. It, it will become your catchphrase and everybody will love it. Yes. <laughs> let's see if we can. I'm Gumby, damn it. If we can hear a little bit, bit of that in the clip. This this might have been some. Um, we'll see. If this is what I think it is, this might be from a dress rehearsal and might have something that never should have gone on air. Oh, well, I picked a clip that does not include that because. Ay, ay, ay. Oh well, yeah. You can. I don't know. I don't know where he thought the the N word was going to air on SNL. But like, uh, yeah, twice. oh crap! But it, he's he's singing the thong song, just not. Yes, so. but he's saying the N word with what kind of sounds like the hard R. Yeah, no, it's so. definitely the hard R, and he's em- he's emphasizing it because Ouch. because he's Goulet. So <laughs> I picked a part of the clip that does not include that part of it, but is still wonderful. Okay. We call it the Coconut Bangers Ball. It's a rap. It's Snoopy, Dre, Biggie, Puffman, Coolio, the whole bunch. Who let the dogs out? Who let those dogs out? Who let those little mutts go? Yeah. <laughs> it's just cracking me the fuck up. So I, everyone tracks. So good. Oh, Gulame, Gulame. <laughs> Who let those dogs out? Who let those kooky dogs out? Um, (laughs) uh, Robert Goulet's voice, I'm guessing, is the impression all the old men were trying to do in every church sing-along I've ever been into. 
Hey, hey, we all sing like this. <laughs> well, it's so you can remain manly while singing. I guess. Everyone got mm-hmm. way like dropped like to a heavy baritone, and I, I feel like I've put too many current anecdotes in this episode already. But like, guys, I'm in love. I'm in love. Ooh. I don't know how it happened. Oh. It is it is Spooktober, and although I have seen, I would say three dozen episodes of the X Files, don't dislike it. Never really sought it out. Saw both movies in the movie theater. Love its fandom. Know a bunch of character names. Kind of have a general idea of the arc. Uh, my girl's a huge fan, and it took like three episodes. And I think it's mostly how good the show looks uh, today. It is mm-hmm. not very cheesy. It looks great. You're right, Steve. Uh, yes, yeah, tell him, Steve. <laughs> it, it looks it looks amazing. And like, uh, yeah, I'll never forget. Like, it was like Sunday, October twenty fourth. I fell in love with the X Files in twenty twenty, and have been watching it from the beginning. And I have never been happier. It's the perfect time to do it. I'm loving the mm-hmm. X-Files. And I am also happy. I, I wish I would have done it earlier because season eight, the season eight premiere occurs on Friday, the episode within. And it is probably most notable for the air quotes departure of David Duchovny, and the, but the beginning of John Doggett, the Robert Patrick character mm-hmm. who comes in to replace him. And I remember at the time that being pretty controversial. Oh, I, yeah. I never checked in, back in with everyone. He's there until the rest of the series. And I think, you know, you don't want someone being... Fox Mulder. You don't want like another character that's exactly like him. Mm-hmm. And, and Fox Mulder tends to come back around a, a lot anyway. It's better to have a distinctive character bring something new to the table. But I don't know if he made it into the two, the two new seasons, so maybe they don't like him. Let us know. I'm yeah. I'm really curious actually. My my girl doesn't she doesn't hate him at all. She likes Doggett. Uh, yeah. But that's it, it's it's here he is here he is. Uh, and the video games could not be worse. But I didn't dig as deeply as I will on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Tigger's Honey Hunt. That's with a T. Uh, and and the, gr- <laughs> the Grinch for Dreamcast, just in time for, uh, released on Halloween. The Grinch. Not to be well, confused. There's a movie coming. Uh, oh, no. I know, I know, but it's just the irony that... This, those- is, uh, this is your warning. You only have a couple weeks. This is the irony. Bend down the, the hatches because it's ugh. gird the, your loins. The video game, which is terrible, and we streamed on youtubecom slash time. Um, it's called the Grinch, but it has the same logo of the new CG Grinch movie that is called the Grinch. So it looks huh. like a licensed game based on a movie that wouldn't be out for twenty years on accident. Anyway, we'll close out this segment with a beautiful day by U two, um, a beautiful song, and we will be right back to close you out with twenty ten. Stay right there. Love is done Even if that doesn't ring true You've been all over And it's been all over you It's a beautiful day Don't let it get away It's a beautiful day Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of October 30th through November 5th, uh, we we got stuff to talk about. Let's let's start with a good Halloween recommendation. 75 years ago this week, from 1945, saw the release of the film adaptation of And Then There Were None, 
probably my favorite Agatha Christie story. And uh, it's a pretty stylish version uh, directed by Rene Claire, who's a French director, and it's got Barry Fitzgerald, Walter Houston in it. Uh, it's been remade God knows how many times, but, you know, it's a pretty good one, uh, especially if you've got, like, kids, so, you know, there's not going to be any, like, sex or gore. But with Halloween out of the way, uh, let's get to something else. So this is our last episode before the 2020 election here in the States, and it's also our last episode before the 2000 election here in the States on the show. So uh, I have two recommendations for things to both help you understand what we're talking about in 2000 and setting us up because a lot of people seem to think 2020 is going to play out like 2000 did and I want everyone to be ready. So two recommendations. Uh, they're both on HBO Max. Let's start with uh, a brand new documentary that just came out called 537 Votes. Just watched it. It only debuted like a week ago and it's really good because it's two documentaries in one because it's about the florida recount but it's also about the elian gonzalez case about half of it is about elian gonzalez and how that affected the florida recount specifically in miami and that's sort of a microcosm of the larger story and it's frustrating <laughs> it's very very frustrating for just watching everyone pull shenanigans and if you want a fictionalized version, in 537 votes, they actually use clips from the TV movie version, Recount, which was made for HBO. I apologize, it stars Kevin Spacey. Please pretend he's Christopher Plummer the whole time. But it, it's a good dramatization of some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on with the recounts. Starting the recounts, stopping the recounts, deciding what kind of recounts they're going to do and where. All the players that get involved. The Brooks Brothers Riot, which is fucking roger stone both of those prime you for things to watch out for in 2020 please watch for things like the government setting arbitrary deadlines for things a fire hose of information to distract you anecdotal rumors that become applied to a giant scale people treating one part of a state differently than another part court rulings that only apply now but they're not really precedent we're never going to talk about this again so there's going to be shenanigans and i think this is on both sides it's going to be close and it's going to be crazy so get your state reps phone numbers be ready for a general strike. I am fucking down for a general strike if there are too many shenanigans. Yeah, that's it for this week. Um, watch the murder mystery and then there were none. And then get ready to find out about all the flaws in the democratic system. And that's it for this week. No passeron. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2010. We're coming in with Maldito Alcohol off of uh, uh, Pitbull, off of Armando. His first Mr. all Spanish album. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> hey, as far as I can tell, a pretty solid Florida resident. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Do we all remember, like, a couple of years ago it came out that the Florida, like, tourism board had, like, paid him yeah. a lot of money to basically be, like, the Florida ambassador, which, by the way, awesome. Not I a bad fully idea. am in support of Pitbull being <laughs> our ambassador. He's truly the best Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But and has he ever thrown a gator through a McDonald's drive through window? <laughs> well... That's look, look. That, I don't know then. We call that a Florida bar mitzvah. You, you only have you only have to do it once, uh, <laughs> until you that's turn seven. You become a man. Yeah, you can do it again at like seventy five. Um, you know and, that's that's interesting. That's really similar to what we call a Philadelphia bar mitzvah, which is when you throw a D battery at a ref. Mm. 
Well, it's very different from a Florida bot mitzvah is when you get arrested at a gas station with no shoes on. <laughs> it's only happened to me once. <laughs> no charges. It was fine. Misunderstanding. Um, and I thought this was America. Uh, but <laughs> new, re- new releases out uh, October 30th through November 5th, 2010, include Seven Sinners by Halloween, Darkly, uh, Darkly Venus, Aversa by Cradle of Filth, Rock Dust Light Star by Jamiroquai, a self-titled album by Escape the Fate, My Kind uh, My Kind of Party by Jason Aldean, Merry Christmas to You by Mariah Carey. Um, Mariah Carey has a Christmas song? Uh, and Soulsville, a Stax, uh, Stax Records cover album by Huey Lewis and the News, because Huey said no one's clamoring for our material right now, and he's great. He is great. And he's great in Back I've to the Future. Never, I've never seen someone say that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, so you put out a cover album. He's like, yeah, no one likes our stuff. Oh, I thought I thought that was just like an aside you wrote in there, Diana. That's a- No, it's he literally said no one's clamoring for our material right now. It, it's yeah. <laughs> so we put out a cover album of like Stax Classics. So I'm in awesome. Back Back to the Future and you know, my lady has a casual awareness of him. Like, yeah, that is whatever he did was a I didn't know at the time was a genre, and it definitely played itself out. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't want to. Would you like great music to listen to while you work on your golf swing? No, no. Hmm. Uh, would no. you like yeah. great music to listen to while you're at the county fair? <laughs> that's, yes, that's, yeah. I just I I have so much respect for that too, and because I love Stax Records' old R and B and soul classics, mm-hmm. and so like I, I'm much more interested in listening to to a cover yeah. than just whatever they're singing about now. That's that's hilarious. got a contractor in to put in new tile in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a G six by Far East Movement featuring Cataracts and Dev is still number one. And a little bit of news tying right back into maybe just uh, <laughs> maybe just Diana's uh, classic corner. But the uh, Tea Party Republicans do well in the midterms, flipping the House to a Republican majority. Mm, weepy orange John Boehner becomes a speaker. Mm. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd miss that one. Yeah. yeah. I miss him. Never thought I'd yeah. miss the fucking tea party. Holy mm. shit. Was that preferable to the people who worship JFK's ghost? Um, <laughs> uh, no, JFK's? That he's part of the QAnon thing, man. He's in it with uh, the president, uh, oh, yeah. saving us all. Oh, but there, mm. it can't be a ghost because Junior's still alive. Right. Sorry. Sorry. He's, he's going to be Trump's running mate any minute now. There's certain things in the QAnon um theory that is hard to accept for me so i'm still working on it uh and <laughs> msnbc suspends keith olbermann for donating to democrats and i just mm-hmm. did a little research on keith olbermann because he popped back up on youtube this week and he is angry he is the rights rush limbaugh and i don't hate him and the left <laughs> sorry the, the left rush limbaugh yeah. he is loud <laughs> he is he is eloquent and he's kind of out of his mind but, he, <laughs> but he's, uh, it's a coup. Every arrest them, arrest, <laughs> arrest them all. All right, Keith, calm down. But I was reading about his. M- is he was the originally the biggest guy at MSNBC and constantly butted heads until like he was eventually fired, suspended. He walked away. Did it again at Current TV. Uh, Keith Olbermann has like trashed so many studios uh, metaphorically. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a, such a tough call that I mean, I remember talking about even in journalism school. It's like by being a journalist, you don't lose your First Amendment right to mm-hmm. have political opinions. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, your donations to political parties are public. And so, yeah, 
people will be like, oh, well, this just shows, you know, he gave $5,000 to this guy, and that just proves he can't report on it fairly. And it's like, yeah, that's that's a problem just across journalism. Yeah, well, but it's also not journalism. It's on MSNBC. It's for-profit medium. It's no yeah. longer news. Well, it's no longer but it's a also service. like, yeah, could you just call him, well, he does opinion. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, so that's different. I threw that in there because, I mean, literally, can you imagine anyone looking into, like, the Fox News people who they've been donating to for the past right. forever years. Sean like, Hannity appeared at a fundraising convention on stage with the president. No one yeah. cared. No one Hannity shit is the like the only other client of Michael Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, only for Does that one thing. Everyone forget that. Only for that yeah. one thing. Uh, yeah. Human well, football. Well, when you're Sean that Hannity. good of an attorney, you only need two clients. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish we could get less political. We got the movies to talk about uh, from. Mm. October or no, October 30th through November 5th, 2010. And the first one is very political because it's the debut film of Chris Morris, a man I would not have known about had I not worked for intelligent British people who <laughs> introduced me to. I'd never seen Brass Eye. I think he was, he's a writer on a bunch of other uh, cherished British shows. And uh, this is the first movie from Chris Morris. I found it a little difficult to mm-hmm. follow in terms mm-hmm. of this is. Very British, both in like impenetrable accents. I don't, uh, I'm trying not to use subtitles, and like I am not getting half of these references mm-hmm. at all. And I, yeah, yeah, Four Lions, it's not just it's extremely British, but it's also very British Muslim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that's fun because God bless him, he's he's making a wacky comedy about Muslim suicide bombers mm-hmm. in England. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would call it wacky per se. That I mean, like I get the satire aspect of it, and like mm-hmm. it, the the premise of the movie is that these people are like incompetent suicide mm-hmm. bombers, which you know is definitely not a portrayal that we had seen before. But watching it, I just kind of felt like if you're going for satire or wacky, it just didn't go far enough. Like I could mm. definitely see someone watching this movie not knowing what they were getting into and thinking that this was not a satire or a comedy at all. It was just like a dramatic film that had mm-hmm. comedic elements. It mm. just was like, didn't go far enough into what I feel like it wanted to do. I'm just surprised you all mm. saw this or aware of it. That's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's available on Canopy, which you can get access through your local public You got library. Canopy to work? We got to talk, girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, not work. Well, first, you have to get a library ago. card, bro. I did, but it says go to canopy.com to figure that. Anyway, um, uh, Four Color Girls. We have, no, I'm kidding. That's the name of the movie. Um, it's a. Should this I just cast. name four members Good of the cast and get God. in trouble? Yeah, the cast is crazy. Uh, Macy. It's probably easier to list who's not in it. Um, yeah, it looks like James Woods is the only one I can see not in this movie. <laughs> um, Macy Gray, Anika, Noni Rose, uh, Tessa Thompson, uh, Lorda Devine, Carrie Washington, Kimberly Elise, Felicia Rashad, Whoopi Goldberg, Thandie Newton, Janet Jackson for Color Girls. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Don't know anything uh, about it. No? No. Okay. Well, I've read, I've never seen performed for Color Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough, which is, this is based on. Hello. Uh, but I've read it. It's... I mean, it's sort of like poems. It's mm-hmm. kind of like poetry about, you know, all these different black women's experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be like performed and there's like a dance part. And it's like, you know, all the, the so it's adapted by Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. And it it suffers from some Tyler Perry-dums. It felt pretty melodramatic, whereas 
reading it felt like pretty grounded, even though it's like poetic and impressionistic and, you know, it's sort of living in my mind. And I don't know if it's just making it really literal with all these characters, like acting out the stories. I don't know. It just, it felt too soapy to me. It's, well, I think that it's probably a pretty hard thing to adapt. So, Oh, hell yeah. I, I'm impressed they even tried. Yeah. Props to Tyler Perry for even attempting it. And I, because I watched some of it. It's on Netflix. I enjoyed what I saw. It definitely does feel like you are watching a play. Like mm. the dialogue, there's monologues that are obviously monologues. And Tyler Perry, I don't know if it was a choice or not, but the way that he shoots it and directs it, like, okay, now we're watching this person do a monologue as if we were watching a stage play. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Sometimes that's good for stuff like this where you're, it's obviously being adapted from a stage production. Sometimes it's not good. Um, but it's definitely – it's interesting. And yeah. and there are definitely great performances happening. A lot of great performances happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting yeah. situation. Yeah. I almost it's, – it's like kind of halfway Tyler Perry and halfway something else. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I could use a little less of the Tyler Perry, but I guess it's sort of like, well, if that's what it takes to get people to see it, you know. Yeah. But it's also his first thing that's ever been R-rated from him. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and I – I definitely admire him doing this adaptation and and putting it out there and hopefully so that more people would find the play and read the play. Yeah. You know, as a conduit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I give us like, it's not quite a recommend, but it's like, interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes, definitely. Good stuff in there. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, also out this week, um, the rest of the actors were in this movie. Uh, Lauren Jean, (laughs) Juliette Lewis, Clea Duvall, uh, Melissa Leo, Minnie Driver, Sam Rockwell, Hilary Swank. Um, oh, wait, in a Conviction. Conviction. Yep. Uh, this is a, it's a legal drama. We got Sam Rockwell again. Good job, dude. Um, not trying to blow up the Charlie's Angels. This is, oh, spoiler. I'm sorry. You weren't supposed to know he was the we bad guy. Anyway. He's awesome uh, in that movie. Yeah, and I was going to say that those, like, 99, 2000 is when we got Sam Rockwell, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, coming off of Green Mile to Galaxy Quest to... Charlie's Angels, like he graduated from it. Hey, it's that guy. Yeah, good mm-hmm. for you, Sammy. Anyway, uh, conviction. He plays a guy who is wrongfully convicted in prison, and his sister Hillary Swank is based on a true story. Becomes a lawyer to get him the fuck out, and it's pretty good. I like it. You know, it's very earnest. Should expect. <laughs> I like. I like a and long what? con. <laughs> <laughs> is Hillary Swank ever not earnest? It's mm. kind of her deal. Yeah. I don't know, but we need a new one because Jim Varney's been dead a long time. So, anybody, uh. anybody, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You think I'm going to think of anything else when you say Ernest? Uh, fuck. This right. movie. Uh, yeah, speaking of, right. Moving to another Ernest movie about women in suits trying to do the right <laughs> thing. <laughs> Bruce McGill, Sam Shepard, Ty Burrell, Noah Emmerich, Sean Penn, and Emily Watts in Fair Game. On a mission to find the facts. The vice president has received a report concerning the purchase of material to build nuclear weapons. We need to get in close. They turn to her husband for answers. It is my opinion. A sale that size could not have happened. I have teams in the field. They're all saying the same thing. But when the truth was made public... What do you think the White House wants to hear, huh? There was no nuclear program. We need to change the story. Uh, I could not have less time for this. What? Really? <laughs> no. Huh. Tell Dude. me tell me why I should see Fair Game. It's good? Well, 
well, yes. it's also based on a true story mm -hmm. uh, that we all lived through. If you were paying even half a little bit of attention to the news and the run up to the war in Iraq, mm -hmm. uh, Valerie Plame was a ah. CIA asset who was secret. Mm -hmm. And her husband, who's a diplomat, was they pretty much sent him off to be like, uh, could you prove that uh, Iraq's like trying to get uranium? And he came back with, no, they're not. And they're like, that's not the answer we wanted. Uh, we're outing your wife. She's burned. Ha ha. Wait, what? We're not supposed to do that? Yeah. Fuck you. She's in the, the field. W. Bush administration. I forgot Wait, it was what? about Valerie Plame. I, I, yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah, it. this was great. I really yeah, enjoyed really. this movie quite a yeah, bit. It's, it's solid. Mm -hmm. It's just, it rhyme, reminded me a lot of The Contender. Hmm. Um, same vibes, same sort of look to it, same prestige acting for sure. Um, Sean Penn is plays her husband, Valerie Plame's husband. What is his name? Uh, Joseph uh, Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, yeah. yes. Um, and I have a love-hate relationship with Sean Penn. Like, yeah. I feel like he's a very good actor, but I also feel like he's a real fucking asshole. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, this is true. And Those I things also, are true. <laughs> I know I brought this up before, but I can never watch a Sean Penn performance and not think about the time he got so mad at the Oscars because someone made a joke that Jude Law was in a lot of movies. It was Chris Rock. <laughs> it just makes me laugh so he hard. He corrected Chris Rock's monologue. I think Jude Law is great. And like, yes. And I was like, this is what Twitter is going to look like in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I guess if you absolutely had to say something about a joke, that was something that could be said. I Did guess. it need to be? Mm -hmm. uh, Jack Dorsey didn't care. Twitter. <laughs> the thing is that, yeah, Fair Game is, you know, it's it's a political thriller, and but it's paced like an action movie because mm -hmm. it's directed mm -hmm. by Doug Liman, who did like Born Identity and Go and mm -hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith and also Swingers, but we'll we'll forgive him that one. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. I fucking love Edge of Tomorrow. Ooh, I love that movie. Yeah, so it it keeps moving. It does not ever really get boring. It always feels very tense and moving forward. And I really appreciate a movie like this because the the events that happen in this film happened during a time for me where I was like transitioning from high school to college. And I just mm. like, was it, I, I knew this was going on. I knew the players names, but I didn't really understand exactly what was going on. Cause I was like very wrapped up in myself as like a, you know, young person or whatever. And so to be able to like watch a movie like this, which I think is pretty historically accurate, like, I, I enjoyed the shit out of it because I was like, oh, yeah, that's what all that was about. Mm -hmm. I think it's helpful. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, damn it. I Sorry. I, I just got I got like fucking I don't know. I think I think Hollywood's pretty bad at political conspiracy movies. I didn't know this is actually but I, I, I didn't know this was based on a real thing. I was turned off by the poster. Mm -hmm. It happened to me. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And I mean, the. The title is so generic. It's so, yeah. it's yeah. trying it's to. Also, it's not the 1995 yes. movie with a Baldwin and Cindy Crawford. Billy yes. Baldwin and Cindy Crawford's uh, Fair Game. Good lord, that movie's great. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> such a weird choice of title because, like, not only does it really not tell you anything about it, but it also rhymes with the main character's name. Fair Game for Valerie Plame. So <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. It just seems very And again, strange. as a test, and it's why I fucking hate, like, overthinking Hollywood executives, what movie on this list could you not call fair game? It mm. would, it's, it's applicable to everything, you fucking idiots. Mm -hmm. I hate that yeah. shit. Make something distinctive. Name that, call it Plame. Call it. Yeah. yeah. Chris, call it play. Call it the flame game. Yeah. Call it. 
Call it Here Comes the Aeroplane. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just something people can remember. All we're I'm... we're still talking about Legend of Bagger Vance like any of us liked or watched it. It has a memorable title. <laughs> I mean, my only problem with Fair Game is that it did not have the song Valerie playing by the Decemberist play, like oh. at least over the credits. For goodness sakes. Uh, language, and we must move on to the next movie because <laughs> I accidentally watched this recently and don't remember a thing. Uh, yeah. John Cryer, Charlie Sheen, Danny McBride, Matt Walsh, Jamie Foxx, Zach Gackleflan, Nakis, uh, and Jack Elfanakis, Zach Elfanakis, and Robert Downey Jr. in due date. You're on the no-fly list. I have a pregnant wife. I have to get back to Los Angeles. Have you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? Yes. He ran across the country, and he was pretty stupid. I have faith in you. We are having this baby on Friday. How do you expect to get home? Hey, you, you want to ride with us? Mm-hmm. Crisis averted. I'm driving. Say hi to her. Do you have a hairdresser out west? I just got this killer perm, and it needs some major upkeep. So that's what I'm dealing with. <laughs> uh, is it Todd Phillips playing trains and automobiles? Mm-hmm. In a weird yep. little, uh, what you would call it, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang reunion. If you want to see him mm. married to Michelle Monaghan, um, Robert Downey Jr., I mean. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I, I feel bad for Robert Downey Jr. now just cause I'm watching this and like, oh dude, you can only be funny and charming forever. I'm not saying Tony Stark, but I don't ever want to see you play a character like this. Mm. Like <laughs> adult, you, you are not Steve Martin and Steve Martin shouldn't have played that role in playing change in automobiles. He's too funny. Yeah. Um, I just, I found this so forgettable. Yeah. 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 So generic. It's like, yeah, I did get a couple laughs out of it, but. It's so it's weird. Just, this is... I've seen it so many times. How have I seen this movie so many times? Right. Well, and I mean, you got the laughs you got probably were from Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakising and Danny McBride, Danny McBriding. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Danny McBride in a wheelchair beating the shit out of them. Yeah. That's probably the biggest laugh I got. Yeah. And I really like both those people, but like, I, I just couldn't Me believe too. this is the, like, this is the follow up to hang- Hangover. This is. This doesn't go anywhere. This doesn't, I mean, sorry, this doesn't like hit any new highs. There's nothing in here that anyone will talk about again. Uh, it, it, it's this, when your movie is described as a modern, older movie, I don't know. Like, that's not always a great thing. And, no. um, you better be doing something different in there, something new, it's a, some sort of update. And you're I not. Mean, and they didn't. And there's it's a, hard. It's hard to make that sort of traveling across America movie in 2010 when we have like orbits and Trivago and. <laughs> Tell that you know, to forces that of shit. nature. No, that movie is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and lastly, yeah. this week, uh, again, all the other actors hiding out Jonah Hill, David Cross, Brad Pitt, Tina Fey, and Will Ferrell. And number one at the box office this week, Mega Mind. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore. Are we allowed to switch sides like that? What could possibly go wrong? Ah! I hope no one's seeing this. Get ready Woo! to root for the blue guy. Oh! Oh! Oh, my giant blue head. Will Ferrell is... Megamind. 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 Hello. It's hello. Oh. Hello? DreamWorks Megamind in real and IMAX 3D. What on earth is that? It seems to be emanating from there. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I don't know. This, this is on TV a lot, and I tend to avoid it. But it does have moments that I like. Yeah, yeah, it's another one where it's like, this has a lot of moments that I like. I do get some laughs. Um, you know, I'm I'm always fans. I'm always a fan of, of deconstructing comic book superhero type mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, it ain't no Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, no, it's a children's movie. Yeah, I know, but still. But even, you know, it's, it's DreamWorks, and they've done some deconstruct. you know, Monsters versus Aliens. It's fucking Shrek. had some deconstructive stuff in it. Shrek is, you know, postmodern mm-hmm, deconstructionist mm-hmm. in some ways. Uh, yeah, they're in a weird period here. Like, their last one was Shrek Forever After, which sucked. And the one before that was How to Train Your Dragon, which is amazing. And then their next one is Kung Fu Panda, which is really great. So... Mm. It's, just, it's just odd this is like one of the only DreamWorks movie that like this is successful but like nobody cared enough to follow it up or do anything else with it like there's a DreamWorks is really good in the shorts department most people don't know that I don't love Shrek yeah. I like it's Christmas and Halloween specials more than I like their movies and they're, they're really good and Megamind feel, like nothing else happened nothing I feel like also part of the problem with Megamind is that the characters and the look of it was so generic it just looked mm. like it could have been anything, mm-hmm. you know, like it just yeah. there was nothing that stood out about it, I feel like. And yeah. I think well, there's was... the, the one character that stands out for me is David Cross, because mm-hmm. I love me a bad movie reference. And he is fucking robot monster. He is a gorilla body with a fishbowl on his head. <laughs> except Now it's got a talking that. fish in it. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you, you get bonus points just across the board for something that bizarre and obscure. And he's really funny in it. You know, but I mean, sometimes the plot gets like over complicated, you know, about like, oh, they're both aliens, the good guy and the bad guy. And they're from outer space and he was raised in a prison. And then, you know, and then he turns into a good guy, but he doesn't want anyone to know his uh, identity. And it's like, <sighs> mm. yeah, there's some really funny bits in here. I, it's like I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching it. It's not one like Shrek Forever After where I was like actively angry that I watched <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> like I am insulted. I hate you. But yeah, just um, yeah. I, 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 I feel like kids like it. I don't know. I wanted better out of it, and I feel like um, you know, other than like your Tina Tina Fey and David Cross is like they just got the most bankable, popular people they could to star in an animated comedy that left it without character. Like Brad Pitt is in this movie, and like when you see him, like you you won't even know he's the voice of the nemesis because it's yeah. just like why? Like this could have been anybody else. Make it funny. Like have them do an impression of somebody they, they grew up liking. Anyway, sorry. That's me being an animation meanie. Um, is this the first 2010 TV and we're lumping sports into TV. The San Francisco Giants beat the Texas Rangers. It's the first. Ooh. Is this my first San Francisco World Series win? Because I call it the, the night of a thousand car horns and I had no idea <laughs> There was a game being played or that baseball still existed, mm. and it just it never yeah. stopped the entire time. Take that, yeah. George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. No, it's it's the, the beginning of the run where every other year San Francisco <sighs> wins the World Series. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty freaking sweet. Woo! Orange. And Black. people rioted and burned stuff. And uh, yep. What? Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Oh, my. But, yeah, I think they burned a bus. But we, yeah. st- but we still have sports wow. games, and nobody calls them terrorists. Interesting. Yeah. Um, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert host the Rally to Restore Sanity, which felt like it worked for a hot minute, uh, and or <laughs> Fear on the Mall in uh, Washington, D.C., about 250,000 attend, and you can see it on YouTube? It's, it's all on YouTube right now. Sweet. And yep. this is a Three response to... solid hours. There's, you know, a bunch of different bands. There's a bunch of comedy bits. There's... All kinds of fun stuff, you know, making fun of uh, Glenn Beck's like rally to restore America, which got something like a quarter of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rally to restore sanity and or fear. Uh, Glenn was... Beck's angry white roar. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, it, good... it was very fun. And it was 
Oh, it kills though because so much of it is about like we need to stop being so divisive, and it's like, oh, <laughs> you have no idea. I remember this is very funny. Uh, this SNL episode this week is also very funny on the thirtieth. Uh, John Hamm with musical guest Rihanna. Uh, they have great sketches like Back to the Future auditions. The Shy Ronnie Rihanna digital short appears here, uh, <laughs> as is the Vincent Price Halloween special. Just oh, oh so good. And to make it even more topical, ten years ago to the day, a cold open with Joe Biden and it's suck it, Jim Carrey. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> Honestly, though, like if it's not John Ham's John Ham, I don't want it. <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see if you can guess what this show is from its theme song. Uh-huh. Starring Norman Reedus uh, and Andrew Lincoln and the Frank Darabont players. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Lincoln. Yes, the creep from Love Actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's the it's I cannot believe it's been 10 years since The Walking Dead is on. I I thought the last thing I read it was canceled, and then I looked at its wiki, and it's like, not a lot of news of its cancellation, but a lot of its spinoffs, and I give up. I I feel both like, I can't believe it's been 10 years, and I also feel like it's been on since I was born. (laughs) This this show, even, not not to get too crazy with it, like, reshaped my life. Um, Hmm. Well, yeah, if you... Uh, it's it, it's it, weird how my career path went and all that shit. And uh, I was a huge fan of the Walking Dead comic. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I ended up, as a favor, and for definitely no money, ended up writing a proposal that won our company. And I'm not a fucking ad person. Helped write a proposal that won a massive sponsorship that basically kept everyone paid and in business for multiple years and went to conventions all around the world where I interviewed Robert Kirkman, I've never seen these videos, by the way. I do not know where they exist. Uh, I think they might somewhere buried in Hyundai's website. It was uh, all <laughs> all via Hyundai, and and it was weird. Do, and I had no problem doing that because at the time I was the biggest Walking Dead fan in the universe. I like to joke that I hosted the first Talking Dead because mm-hmm. it was the first time Chris Hardwick and Robert Kirkman had been brought together to do a symposium after an episode of The Walking Dead because there's not many other shows. I could think of before this that had an after show sports hmm. maybe yeah maybe yeah. doctor who yeah. but like uh the walking dead got that but like uh, anyway yeah like I I toured around the country doing stuff with walking dead and had a blast and then uh I re- very much remember being I'm interviewing Robert Kirkman I I had just made him laugh which he was not doing that day and I was worried um and uh, I got a phone call like uh I had bid on the music rights to Bambi and I won <laughs> Uh, I won for $3,000. I won the rights to Bambi. And uh, I'm on the floor of Comic-Con and there's like no reception. I'm like running to the other end of the hall, but it's the biggest room in the entire earth. You can see the curvature of the planet inside of Comic-Con. He's like, can you send us a check today? I'm like, I I can't know. I'm I'm in Comic-Con. Like, do you need the money that badly? And I started to get freaked out. And like, I don't, yeah, dude, if you can't wait three fucking days or like take a credit card order or PayPal, get fucked. And it, it, it turns out that was very real. And I wish, I wish every day I had the rights to Bambi's music. Um, <laughs> but instead I bought podcasting equipment and web hosting and, wow. and, and, uh, that's why I'm here right now. Look at um, us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, it's, it's a, if you ever make a movie in my life and you shouldn't. That would be a scene. 
in yeah in in addition to that the walking dead is a phenomenal com- the comic is yeah uh, like just undeniably great I didn't yeah. follow it through, to, through its end. I love that the comic, if you didn't know, ended surprisingly. They even shipped, mm-hmm. they shipped fake covers out to comic distributors. Wow. So they didn't know that 197 would be the last issue. Not 200, three short, 197. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the show is great. And Frank Darabont is just a great guy to do that. A guy who mm-hmm. sort of, uh, who just gets horror. He'd only mm-hmm. adapted Stephen yeah. King work for the, for the most part. I think at all. That's all he'd ever directed. The Mist, uh, Green Mile, Shawshank, and Majestic. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was it. And, and yeah. the, pilot, the pilot is fantastic. And then the next episode, yeah. like, that is not good. And the next episode's like, this isn't based on any of the comics. This is pretty neat. And then the next episode was really bad. And the season finale was yeah. really bad. And then I stopped. It's... And then I was like, I'll read the comic, but I'm not watching this anymore. This is oh, really bad. Yeah. That, that's like the problem it. is... So so much of the show, it's so uneven. Yeah, and I, I hear. I, mean, I, I hear. Well, I watched a ton of it, I, well, and I read all, most of the comics because the part oh. my partner at the time was like really into zombie stuff, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you know when you're with a partner, you want to be supportive. You are as well, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I I read most of the comics, and we started watching this, and then I I've dipped in and out of The Walking Dead for a long time up until about two or three years ago is when I finally like said enough was enough partially because I dream a lot. And uh, if I watch or interact with too much zombie stuff, I dream about it every night. And that, it's and like one of those things that's very permeable for me. That, like it really sticks in my craw. That's what I think is one of the, mm-hmm. the truly weirdest modern phenomenon of the walking dead. Cause like but the company I was working for had the, co- they somehow got the comic license not the TV show license, but the logos are the fucking same. And like everybody seems to think they're intertwined. Mm-hmm. But like even weirder, zombies aren't aren't copywritten. So like nope. Walking Dead's got commercials made specifically to air during The Walking Dead nationally because of how well the show ended up doing. It Walking Dead is the first cable television series to be the most watched television show period in a year before. Out beating wow. out like your your network television shows. Your wow. Walking Dead is, is, I believe, one of the most successful cable basic cable television shows of all time, mm-hmm. and it, it mm-hmm. becomes a huge. Show. And I'm not shitting on the show because I I dipped out. I at, at one point as a big comics fan, we we're even doing a comics podcast at the time. I was just like, I could read the entire omnibus in the time it takes for me to watch one quarter of a season of this drivel and then not for walking dead just for anything like i would much rather read at a bet at a faster pace and experience more story and fewer commercials and that's the decision i made but i the, i love being on social media because walking dead show would sort of follow the comic story every once in a while and then deviate in crazy ways mm-hmm. and in i i don't see that anymore with anything of people like people's head exploding like no glenn uh, like, i just <laughs> oh, i don't glenn. i don't see that anymore that was the last one i think that, that was the last one i think yeah. that was the last one for me too i'm never watching yeah. again yeah. Um, no, that at least that's the last time that I saw everyone freaking out over something happening. Like, uh, oh, not Glenn. I yeah. think that was the last episode I saw. I, 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 again, I only do. I wake up Saturday morning late as fuck. Uh, it's like two in the afternoon. And I just hear like, 
Why don't we just all fucking go home then? Why don't we just all go home? Like, is this political? There's a football game happening <laughs> and a bunch of cryptic <laughs> shit I can never understand. But the Walking that every episode of The Walking Dead for fans enticed them to do things like that. I just thought it was too much time to spend with something I was already spending a lot of time with. And uh, yeah. and, and and I don't fault anyone for watching the show. It was just too inconsistent in the beginning with me, and I'd rather read more comics. But uh, yeah. but Walking Dead, I, I read some of the comics, but yeah, mostly I just dipped out because it was. It was moving at a slow pace, and that makes mm-hmm. perfect sense for a show about the apocalypse. There's no moving fast. There's slow zombies. zombies. But, yeah, they're slow it, zombies, to, right? Zombies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're slow zombies. And, and so, to, to praise both, but the it was sh- just it was just inconsistent, you know. Uh, and I like the I think it's the second season. They actually started before they became as massive a hit. They had budget problems. That's why they're on a farm the whole time. Mm. And it's like we could have spent a little more time on some interpersonal stuff. But instead of it being like interesting interpersonal stuff, it just it's just people yelling at each other and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the interpersonal stuff is a little gets a little soapy here and there but then there are yeah. like really good high parts to it mm-hmm. like it it just it's an it's a roller coaster for sure and it's yeah. i'm sorry but a lot of it is really scary it is I, I, like I think, I think... as a horror as a horror television program that it does its job there. There are some images from the television show that have stuck with me for uh, a very long the, time. The makeup work on that show yeah. is yeah. the best wake- makeup work in the world. Greg yeah. Nicotero, shout out. Yeah. And what, what are the, one of the, the, the biggest shows to start shooting in Atlanta. And like it's, it's mm-hmm. sort yes. of where the comic is set. And it's just like I was living in California and just like – Bravo, fucking oh, like you mm-hmm. nailed the way this looks. And again, I think it's one of the greatest pilots I've ever seen in my entire life. They mm-hmm. spent the money yeah. on that pilot. And then there's a lot of television drivel in between and bad CG. Mm-hmm. But like the pilot is astonishing. I think Frank Darabont yeah. leaves or is fired the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't I don't know. He, he doesn't strike me as someone who would want to be a showrunner anyway. So I don't know mm-hmm. how much that affected the quality of the show. And any show that's on 10 years... That is relies on drastically defying your expectations and is going to have episodes that ebb and flow in areas of quality. Of course, of so course. Like, I'm not yep. shitting on it. I just want to make that clear, just just because I, I decided to opt out. Um, I last I heard, Andrew Lincoln Rick left the show, but didn't die because he's getting a movie. And I don't know how the comic ended, so I'm waiting to spoil the rest of that news for myself, even though I believe the movie's on hold and probably isn't going to happen because no one's shooting anything. Especially when uh, oh, Atlanta's offering us max t- massive tax incentives to shoot here. They're also <laughs> offering COVID hotbeds <laughs> and super spreader towns. So what are you going to do? Anyway, Walking Dead, good on you. Ten years old. Uh, Robert Kirkman, incredibly nice guy, and I would for no reason want to plug his Amazon show Invincible because I loved Invincible even more. And it's an animated Amazon show coming out, Invincible, a real great breakdown of superhero tropes, Megamind. Um, Yay. Anyway, video games real quick because we will talk about those more on the Patreon. Uh, GoldenEye 007. The Wii remake of the N64 Pierce Brosnan movie what with Daniel Craig's James Bond in the game? Oh, I've seen this. It's weird. It is, and it's also got, because like they don't have the rights to people's appearances, right. so everyone's new. Yes. looking. Everyone's new looking, and they're basically just trying to recapture the magic of the game with a current James Bond license, and they bring it out of the wrong system, a system that can't do HD but has a dumb waggle remote. People thought would make shooters more fun, and it did not. Uh, God of War: Ghost of Sparta is out for PSP. James Bond: Bloodstone is also a bad James Bond game. <laughs> 
game that is out <laughs> on uh, uh, PS3 and 360, not the Wii, and a whole bunch of Kinect stuff, because guess what? Kinect is out. Kinect is 10 years old. Perhaps you've Whoa. been hearing me bitch about Kinect for the last 10 years. Um, yeah, Kinect, the motion control system Microsoft only recently dumped entirely. And a, a game title I love so much, it might be an oxymoron, Babysitting Mama. <laughs> I, I, I know I know moms can be babysitters. Yeah, neither and, can dads. And I and I know moms can babysit, but like isn't isn't what all moms do babysitting? Is this not an offshoot of Cooking Mama? It is. Okay, okay. It is an offshoot of Cooking Mama. I did mama. play some cook, Cooking Mama. Ah. I'm not going to. It's a big franchise. I I I reviewed one of them. Look it up. I won't. Uh, and that is it for the. We'll talk more about the games. Patreon.com slash laser time. That's where you can get even more shows from us, including way extended looks at the games from people who've been in the games industry for a collective 60 years. Uh, the show is executive produced by many fine people, such as JD Holland. Uh, starting at five bucks on patreon.com slash laser time, you can get uh, over 100 movie commentaries. We're adding, we're adding new ones now Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Gotta get that one up. We just watched that together as a group. Such a fun film. And uh, new, ep- new episodes of Sick of Star Wars coming very, very, very soon. By very, very, I mean not this week, but soon. Um, and uh, anyway, Di, where can people find you at? They can find me on Twitter at ListenAnerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. And follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. And coming up next week, we have... A surprising movie that Quentin Tarantino said was one of the best movies of the 2010s. I Ooh. have been dying. I I haven't looked. I know exactly what it is, and I have been waiting for an excuse to watch that. I'm so excited. And well, you should. I feel okay. like. Do you agree? Or I, I just felt like eh, I don't trust he's seen that many new movies. Which movie are we talking no? about? <laughs> it. Uh, it, it involves cannot a be stopped. Denzel Washington is back on a train. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't the movie that involves perhaps a very little couch. Very little no. couch. Okay. No, it has no little couches in it. Only trains. Okay. okay. <laughs> ah! Is that another tease? Okay. And uh, we'll yes, have, it is. I'll tease something. We'll have more Kinect games to talk about, guys. Ever wanted to play a game with no controller? Me neither. Hey, like us and rate, not like us, but rate us and review us on iTunes. No, love us. Love us. and Love us. Tell a, tell a friend. Um, any, yeah, anything you you could do would be a kind gesture. You know what Um, I, I want to toss a real quick plug to, and this is just because he just messaged me about it. The guy who does our theme song, Hot Dad, uh, hey. he, he has a game coming out, and he has asked simply that uh, you go to, you wish list the game via Steam, and the website could not be easier. It's a... V- I don't know what it is exactly, but if you know Hot Dad and how good he is at making music and funny videos, uh, it's at eatfood.world. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's called The Hunger Colon Games Ensemble. And uh, it's VR compatible. And dude, just wishlist it. Uh, at the very least, wishlist it for our boy, making the great music out there, making us laugh for like over seven years now. Love Hot Dad. Check him out on YouTube. Sorry. Um, if you could, wishlist his game. I. I believe in you people, the hunger.games at eatfood.world. <laughs> anyway, die. Who, who, who died during this period? Oh, boy. Wow, we lost a whole bunch this time. Uh, in 2010, we lost actress Jill Kleberg. She was 66. She's probably, she, she was in fucking everything, but uh, is probably best known for the movie Unmarried Woman, which she's very good in. And in 2000, we lost Ringlardner Jr., who was 85. He is one of the blacklisted uh, 
he was a blacklisted writer in Hollywood. Uh, he was one of the Hollywood 10, went to jail for it, uh, but also wrote MASH and other fun things people like. And also in 2000, we lost Steve Allen, king of everything, yeah. who was 78. Um, Inventor of death, I believe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he invented, seriously had like dozens of copyrighted games. He wrote songs. He was kind of like the template for how you are a talk show host. Mm -hmm. He did everything. Yeah, and just abandoned it. Just walked away from it. Yeah, he's just like, eh, I'm good. I'm old. Screw you. <laughs> Steve Allen. Anyway, so with deaths out of the way, birthday quiz time. Birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. A ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Oh, Turning 75 this week, born October 30th, 1945 in Manhattan. His parents emigrated from Berlin in 1939. Oh. Good for them because <laughs> other family members that waited, literally family members that waited a couple more days, they didn't make it out. Holy shit. Uh, also, his cousin's Richard Belzer. What? By marriage? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I don't know how by, but uh, anyway. I don't watch Long But Order. in the U.S., he struggled in school due to dyslexia, but still earned his MFA in drama from Yale. Richard oh. Lewis. What? Interesting guess. But no, he's not 75. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, uh, I did not realize in 2011, he was named uh, an officer of the British Empire. So it's like on your way to getting knighted. But it's an only an honorary one because he's an American. But it's for services to children with special needs and dyslexia. And he has co-written 17 children's books about Hank Zipser, a kid with a learning disability. Again, I'm going to say... Steve Martin? No. Not Jewish enough. Yeah, very okay, American. Born so, in L.A. All right. So here's some of the movies of his that we have talked about. Down to You, Scream, I Could Never Be Your Woman, and Appearing on Royal Paints. Morgan Freeman? Oh, Renee Zellweger's mother. No. no. Uh, he also directed Memories of Me and was the executive producer of MacGyver. MacGyver. Uh, yeah. Holy shit. Now, besides MacGyver, let's. How about uh, a quadrilogy? The Waterboy, Click, You Don't Mess with the Zohan, and next week, Little Nicky. Oh, God damn it. I should be able to get this. Uh, Henry Who's Winkler. Somebody? Henry Winkler. There you go. Yeah. The guy who's in all of those. Uh. Also, oh, yeah. Children's Hospital and Arrested Development. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. Henry Winkler. Turns hey. out he's a really cool guy. Like, I always thought, oh, yeah. he's so cheesy. And, like, every yeah. interview that comes up, it's like he's got a lot of interests. He's the nicest guy everyone's ever met. Yeah, I think I think most people know now he's he, Henry Winkler is not, hey, thanks for asking. He's like, oh, my God, it is so great to see you. I am very small <laughs> and very excited. Uh, yeah. Let's talk yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I don't have any of like our generation shouldn't really have any affection for Happy Days at all. It was like over before it was born. I, I mean, it was in reruns a lot when when I was a kid, so I, I definitely remember. I, it means I nothing to a me. A lot of Happy Days. If, if it we wasn't just... for Weezer's video, I probably would know less about it. And if, true, <laughs> the Karate Agreed. Kid. Did we just talk about recently? Like he he has a feud with Tom Hanks. Yes. Okay, uh, so, so the two nicest people in Hollywood right. are like <laughs> feuding. Okay, I and thought so. And they're so nice, they won't talk about it. But the story is Henry Winkler was directing Turner and, and right. Hooch until right. Tom Hanks said no. Right. <laughs> he mm. is not directing it anymore. Because I just got the Burbs Blu-ray, and I wish I would have had that last year when we were talking about it. Because Joe Dante is very coy, like, yeah, there's a lot of things we were doing. And then Tom Hanks came on board. We weren't doing that anymore because oh, he had power. Sure. And well, he was supposed to die in the end of the movie. I'm not sure how funny ah. that would be. There, there's your Burbs trivia I should have had last year. 
Um, <laughs> but that is it for us. Thank you guys so much. We are going to close out with more by Sisters of Mercy. Uh, check out more of us at lasertimepodcast.com and consider supporting us at patreon.com slash lasertime. Look at our friends game, The Hunger, colon, games, ensemble at eatfood.world. It's all the boy ass of you. You make so much great stuff for free on YouTube. Love you, Hot Dad. Ladies and gentlemen, Sisters of Mercy, take us out. I won't know.